you like cows, Harry? Yes. Yes. That's For the good. most part, they taste nice. Mm. Steak is my favourite part of them normally. I have been menacingly followed by a herd of cows numerous times when walking mm -hmm. through fields back home. I've, I've walked through many a cow field in my time. They're, they're very inquisitive creatures. I feel very bad for eating them, but unfortunately they, they, they're made of steak. And so <laughs> I, I quite enjoy They're made eating. of delicious meat and beef burgers. Mm -hmm. so. However, um, in Ireland, um, this has been proposed, a, uh, a massive, I suppose, what you can call cow genocide. And um, here we have an article from The Telegraph, because this was um, widely picked up on. Irish farmers revolt over plan for cattle cull to meet green target. And it says, the Irish government wants to reduce emissions from farming by a quarter by 2030. Media reports um, last week suggested that one option being considered was to reduce the national dairy herd by 10%, meaning a cull of 65,000 cows a year for three years at a cost of 200 million euros, which is 170 million pounds annually. So they're going to spend, potentially, if they go through with it, a lot of money to kill a lot of cows to meet an arbitrary target. It's absolutely ridiculous because this will... One, one, it's a waste of the livestock. Yes. And two, it will presumably ruin the farmers who have to call that herd. Yeah, for no fault of their own as well. And I mean, we... Island lockdown just like we did. I imagine it probably didn't help them very much and I imagine the cost of things like feed for cattle is already pretty high because of um, you know grains and stuff being higher than normal um, relative to um, how much you can make from a cow. So they're, they're potentially even running at a loss as is and they're just trying to recoup some of their money. I'm becoming more and more certain day by day that to get a job in government you have to display that you've had a brain aneurysm at some point in your life because honestly that's the quality of decision making that we're seeing in the in the mm -hmm. upper echelons of society because these days. yeah I I uh, ran ran the numbers it wasn't very difficult um so that would be a 600 million budget to kill 195,000 cows over 3 years which is the full plan if you break it down rather than annually which is even worse so that's <laughs> All for Over this, half a billion euros well, it's to either, kill cows. It, from the government's perspective, it's either that or they put strange masks on them, like weird gas masks on them to prevent them from belching and farting, because it's all about the methane <sighs> it is, yeah. that they excrete. Mm -hmm. But um, we will be getting onto that because I think um, some people have been eating cow pats or something because they've clearly not got enough nourishment going to their brain. And... Um, the, the article carries on saying, the Irish government says that no final policy decision has been taken, but what, this is quite often what happens is a government will float a policy and see the, the public reaction. And if it's kind of lukewarm or not that bothered, then they, they tend to then go on with it. We, the UK government does this quite a lot. You hear of a policy being proposed and then a couple of months yet later, it will come up as, okay, we're going to do this thing. So that's seemingly just a tactic in politics that they use. They propose something that they want to do, and then they will walk it back if there's too much pushback. What, what, what it's the equivalent of is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy at the beginning, when Arthur comes out of his house and finds they're about to knock it down, and mm -hmm. they go, well, you know, the planning has been on display in the basement of an office building five miles from here for months. <laughs> Why wouldn't you know about it? And then, of course, the aliens come along and destroy the planet and say, well, the planning planning has been in the basement of an office on a planet far away from here for months. Why haven't you looked into this? 
the government comes out and they says, well, they, they announce in the most subtle and quiet manner possible that we're going to do this, and unless there is actual pitchforks and torches outside their offices by the end of that week, mm -hmm. well then, I guess the public's just in favour of it. And there's one thing we know farmers have, is pitchforks. So, yes. hopefully we're going to see some of that if this does carry on. But um, it goes on to say about the farmers themselves, some farmers fear it will not be possible to meet the targets with only a voluntary cull. Tim uh, Cullinan, um, president of the Irish Farmers Association, warned that beef and dairy production would simply shift to other countries if a limit was introduced in Ireland, undermining the attempted emission saving. Which is true, that if you make it too expensive to farm domestically, which is shooting yourself in the foot, both from a, a, a sort of defence perspective. I mean, part of the reason the British Empire broke up is because we had to rely on the Americans to send us food, World War One and Two, and so they had leverage over us, and they they basically beat us down from our top position in the world to our sorry state now. Yes. So if you allow other countries to leverage your country by um, outsourcing your food production, they will destroy you. Sadly, even your allies. Free trade is a great idea until you take into account the possibility of war or hostile nations from across the globe. Yeah, it it can if you're in a time of peace give you a good sort of short-term economic boost to kind of free up, but also I think there's a, a very strong argument to say that things like energy, um, water and agriculture you want to be done domestically because they're all part of national security. If you don't have control of these things, there's no use having an army to defend your shores if everyone's going to starve um, or die of thirst or lots of other things. It's very difficult in Britain to die of thirst because water literally falls from the sky all the time. But um, still, the principle still stands. And th to be fair, this pointing this out is actually one of the tricks that the governments around the UK and in the West have been pulling for a while to be able to reduce their own emissions. Destroy your destroy your native industry, destroy your domestic industries so that they can be outsourced elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And then on a spreadsheet, that means that we have lower emissions, which is a good thing, despite the fact the emissions might be worse elsewhere. So that's mm -hmm. why, for instance, you know, half, well, I forget what the exact figure is, but it's something like a third of all emissions of CO2 in the world are in China. Well, and that's because... Yeah, for, sorry. For one, for one thing, we've just outsourced all, all manufacturing production of all the cheap t uh, tat that we buy mm -hmm. over there. So if you viewed the sort of world's agriculture from a, a global level, I know, um, uh, hold back your aversion, I'm not going to say something globalistic. Um, <laughs> it would be, if you're trying to reduce carbon worldwide, which is what they're doing, I think it's a bit of a fool's errand, but um, I'll, I have I mean, no say. Wasn't there a volcanic eruption that happened recently which released more CO2 into the atmosphere than humans ever have? Or am I, or I'm was not I sure. misreading I, something? But I, I do know that volcanoes actually cause global cooling. If they release ash into the atmosphere, it reflects more sunlight. Oh, that's and, true. But um, no, what I was saying was that Western agriculture is probably more efficient and therefore better for the environment because the more efficient you are, the less wastage you have, obviously by definition, uh, and the better your resources are allocated. So having the most technology, having the most efficient farming methods in the Western world is much, much better if you care about that sort of thing. Because of course, if you go and get your food from the third world, sure, it's going to be cheaper. You're not going to have the carbon emissions on your books and you're going to be able to import the food. But 
I mean, if you're looking at it from that environmentalist perspective, which I'm not, but many people do, then you're shooting yourself in the foot, even by your own standards. It doesn't even make sense from their own worldview, let alone ours, whereby this is just a needless act of barbarity and very punitive and also weakening your own national defence. I mean, it's, it's incompetence to the level where you think that perhaps it's malice. And um, I think that I haven't really made up my mind on that because there has been a, a sort of attack on farmers, haven't there? Um, it, you only have to watch Clarkson's Farm. I know it's something I refer to a lot, but it mm. is quite eye-opening, even if it is just a funny show where Jeremy Clarkson tries and fails to make a successful farm. He's failing not because he's not trying, but because of all of the red tape and barriers put in his way to stop him from succeeding. And that's something that's being done deliberately by local councils. Mm -hmm. And it's not just something that's affecting him, it's something that you see affects all of the other local farmers that produce food, dairy, mm -hmm. and lots of other very useful things to be able to produce domestically. It's affecting all of them as well. Yeah, and um, I think there's also the fact that it's happening all at the sort of same time in that things became very difficult for British farmers as well as obviously the Dutch farmers with their protests. I think there's stuff in Belgium going on and now Ireland. So a lot of Europe at least. And of course there were the, the cases of all of the, um, the the sort of food storages in the United States burning down. But of course, as I think Carl and Callum covered, those are quite flammable um, mm. anyway because of the nature of what they're storing. So that could just be explained by you know, accidents happening. It's, it's possible. Either way, right? Europe has decided that cyanide seems like a nice treat. Mm, yeah. I mean, uh, the way the economy is going, I might voluntarily just consume it. Why not? Mm, why not, yeah. So it carries on to say, um, this is quoting someone directly, reports like this only um, serve to further fuel the view that the government is working behind the scenes to undermine our dairy and livestock sectors. Well, I, I can't blame you for thinking that. While there are, um, may well be some farmers who wish to exit the sector, we should all be focusing on providing a pathway for the next generation to get into farming. I mean, of course, yes. I agree. Um, Pat McCormack, president of the Irish Creamery Milk Supplies Association, said it was frustrating that the industry was being targeted. I think that's putting it quite politely, yes. to be honest. Um, we're the one industry with a significant roadmap, and to be quite honest with you, our herd isn't um, larger than it was 25 to 30 years ago, he said. Can the same be said for the transport industry? Can the same be said for the aviation industry? Which is a good point. I mean... Why is this specific industry being targeted when other industries have expanded more so and are perhaps just as polluting? I haven't actually looked at the numbers because I, I think that the whole thing is kind of a bit silly, really. In the Western world, our, our emissions, even if they are important, are so minuscule in a global scale that the measures we're taking to mitigate them, even if you're um, buying into the framework of enacting it, don't make sense in my opinion. Personally, I, I think from what I've looked into and from what I've seen, it appears to me to be a mixture of one, ranking competence, mm -hmm. the obsession with net zero yep. seems to just be a point that our elites, our ruling class can't get off of because they're obsessed with it. It makes them look good. And also... Well, they, they think it makes mm -hmm. them look good, but I think it makes them look terrible. It well, makes yeah. them look like callous, petty mm -hmm. technocrats. Me and Connor were actually talking about this before recording, that the money in the green sector now is massive. Like You get a job in that area after being an MP, and you can be on, as Connor was saying, £300,000 maybe. Mm. And so 
you do a bit of virtue signaling while you're in office and you get a nice cushy job for the rest of your life, a really good lucrative career, you will be a multimillionaire if you do this. So there's a, a great there's incentive a for politicians. financial incentive now, but still I would say that there needed to be a government there needed to be government intervention to get us to the point where the green industry could be so profitable in the first place. Yes, because it's not exactly um, particularly competitive on a, a free market sort of basis, is it? In well, that no. It's not, it's not as cheap. It, the, the green products aren't as efficient. They, aren't, uh, they tend to uh, not be very sustainable in mm -hmm. themselves. Ironically speaking, uh, they tend to create a lot of waste that people don't like or to ruin the landscape in a way that people don't like. For instance, you can just look at the effects of wind farms on landscapes across England where mm -hmm. you've got the lovely rolling green hills and, oh dear, I've got a wind farm, loads of wind, um, uh, lo lo uh, just a big wind farm destroying the beauty of the, uh, of the landscape. So there are lots of different aspects of that. But also I do think that Elements of the attack on the farming industry do seem to me to be callous and intentional. For instance, yeah. it, there's not just this going on. There's in the UK, in England itself, there is the desire to take farming away from the native population, from the people who've been doing it for generations, who might pass it down to their own children and give it to foreigners. They always say that it's inequitable that there aren't as many you know, black and brown farmers as they think <laughs> there should be, which to me... And I don't mean to sound insensitive in this uh, in this way, but it's a terrible idea because all we need to do is look at Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, to see how well things go when you replace a European stock of farmers with a uh, African, North African, wherever you want to go from mm -hmm. stock of farmers. Things tend to not work out as well. Yeah, well, they're entirely different farming practices. I mean, we're we've lived amongst technology for so long now that. Yeah, we're, we're leagues above in efficiency. But um, the final line I wanted to read from this article was, if there was to be a cull, he said, it needs to be a voluntary scheme. That's absolutely critical. And I think that's, I mean, quite charitable, really. Yeah, um, I don't even think there needs to be a voluntary scheme. I mean, if farmers just wanted to go out and cull all of their cows, they already mm -hmm. would be doing so. I mean, it would be a bit strange to, for the government to compensate them for doing so, because you would imagine that if they killed a cow, they'd also be making money from it. So, I mean... On that, it's almost going too far the other way, whereby the government's then subsidising farmers. I mean, it makes sense to a certain extent because they've been screwed over so much, but I don't necessarily agree with that um, in a sort of isolated instance. I mean, I imagine a lot of uh, a lot of cows would be, you know, eventually taken to the slaughterhouse anyway. Mm -hmm. Not the dairy ones, not, usually. Not, not the dairy ones, but perhaps... Not some... for a long time, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but this way just means that if there was anything good to be taken up from it, like being able to have a surplus of meat, mm -hmm. they probably wouldn't use that anyway, would they? Well, there's also the idea that if you kill 200,000 cows, are you going to be able to... Um, Replenish that stock? Well, yes, and also you're probably going to have to export all of that in because you're not, it's going to not... Uh, it's going to exceed demand, basically, and so you're going to then eventually have a shortfall in the future of not very much meat, which ties in quite nicely. It almost, uh, by 2030, one might say. Um, mm. But um, talking of dead cows who emit a lot of hot air, Simone de Beauvoir and uh, <laughs> his uh, Connor's evil origins of feminism. But of course, she didn't come up with feminism. It's more of the modern iteration of feminism. And um, he talks about that. So make sure to check that out.
So um, there's also been talk of um, here, the Telegraph again, Ireland's muted cow massacre is a warning to net zero Britain. And of course, this is um, all part of that net zero stuff, isn't it? That seems to be going on. And I think we're going to see a lot more of this in, in the Western world where people are just suggesting insane things like I mean, there a are cow just, genocide. There are so many different agendas that this ties into. As I've mm. mentioned already, it ties, we've, it ties into the net zero agenda. It ties into the agenda to just marginalize the native populations of the West. And uh, if you want to look more into that, you can watch the video that I did on... Um, uh, the European Union's Becoming a Minority program that they're mm -hmm. actually doing. They want you to be a minority in your own country. It ties into the meat-free agenda where they're mm -hmm. trying to create you know, corn products, fake meat products to get people to eat instead of having to rely on domestic farming. It's all terrible and it all ties into it, uh, it, each other. Yes, absolutely. So Jamie uh, Blackett here at The Telegraph's points out that it's um, very fortunate we're out of the EU or we could be facing the same pressure from Brussels. So uh, he also mentions that Rishi Sunak represents a, a very rural constituency in the Yorkshire Dales. And so it might look quite bad if we start targeting farmers because our Prime Minister probably represents many of them. And if his own constituency starts turning against him, well, that's terrible for him. Also, and so would, there's, would... there's a sort of good optic reason for them not to do it here, perhaps. O only half-jokingly as well, would Rishi Sunak, Sunak not have... <laughs> Rashid Sunak, yeah. <laughs> would Rishi Sunak not have uh, religious problems with culling cows as well? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, he's a Hindu, so he definitely won't kill cows. It's against his religion if he... You know, still practices. I don't know. I mean, I believe that he did when he was sworn in as prime minister. I believe he had some mm -hmm. kind of Hindu ceremony as part of it. Well, I, I suppose you can still do that if you don't necessarily believe. It's kind of just your cultural background, isn't it? Bit of a lab, though, isn't it? If you do that, mm. I mean, I still celebrate Christmas, right? I'm not. I don't describe myself as. Yeah, but you just want presents. You want presents and turkey. Yeah, I, I prefer other meats than turkey, to be honest. And yeah, also, but if someone presents giving, you a big, nice roast, I've got roast to, turkey dinner, mm, you're not going to say no, are you? I've got to the age now where I actually enjoy watching other people open the presents I've got them more than I enjoy getting them myself. Oh, partly how, because I get bought loads of socks. So. How sentimental. The socks are useful, though. They they are. I never As a socks. child, I hated them, but mm -hmm. now it's, it's, it's like the a, best present. Mm -hmm. I always need them, so it's very useful. But anyway... um. Elon Musk as well weighed in, as well as uh, the British press, and he, of course, criticised it. And if we move on to his tweet, here he is. This really needs to stop. Killing some cows doesn't matter for climate change. And lots of the outlets that reported on Elon Musk talking about this, because that's a story in and of itself whenever Elon has an opinion, um, referred to this tweet as well. And um, this next one, I'm super pro-climate, but we definitely don't need to put farmers out of work to solve climate change, not at all. I mean... That's a pretty sensible take. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I am in favour of taking care of the earth. I think part of being a conservative is conserving the beauty of nature. I mean, what... <laughs> What can you be conserving if it's not that, amongst many other things? So, yes, I'm, I'm sympathetic, but perhaps not on the sort of eco I'm sure that his, level. His idea of super pro-climate would be different, uh, different to ours, but still telling people, hey, maybe we don't need to put farmers out of business. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. Yes. And um, here we've got some 
uh, Irish politicians. Um, cattle coal will lead to food shortages, says uh, Matty McGrath, um, who is in the, the Irish equivalent of Parliament in the, the lower house. I think he's the equivalent of a member of the House of Commons. We would try and pronounce it, but we don't want to. I did practice before this, but I feel like I, I'm probably going to fail. And um, <laughs> I did try and learn. That's the main thing. Um, I'm not going to insult you by getting it you wrong. You gave it an honest try. Mm -hmm. I also, whenever I try and speak anything in Irish, I just sound Scottish because of my half my family being Scottish. So it sounds silly as well. But um, yes, another um, elected politician as well. I think these are both independents as well. So well done, Ireland's independence. Um, it says, Ireland has shot off every toe off our feet with carbon policies. And I think that that's a fair assessment. So it does seem like um, in Ireland you do have politicians that are speaking out against this, which is good. I mean, it's not like in Britain where the government will do something absolutely insane and you think, well, maybe people are going to push back on this. You know, it's free, easy political point scoring here. But no, they're just like, oh, this is great. Maybe we should even go further. So, oh, for goodness sake. But yes, um, I think um, one thing you can credit Ireland for is that when they get annoyed about something, they, they let you know about it, right? In politics. Um, I, I know that's coming from an Englishman, but yes. Um, moving on to the next one here. Um, and they responded saying, uh, it's not a final policy, which is... <laughs> we might go for 300,000 instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is what always happens when a policy kind of gets proposed and they kind of sound it out. And then if if there is pushback, as there has been, they're like, oh, it's not the final policy. Maybe we'll just roll it back a little bit. And they can also, of course, introduce something that's really not realistic and then do a softer version of it. And people will feel like, well, we compromised. It'll turn into 100,000 or they'll wait for the controversy to subside and then do it anyway. Exactly that, yes. So... I wanted I mean, to uh, have a... Any Irish farmers who may be watching this, I think the best thing to do if they do try and go ahead with this policy is to just not do it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what consequences that Whoa, might bring. controversial. That, that, I don't know what consequences that might bring upon you, but that's the only thing that I can see actually working oh, if see. they try and go ahead with this. Mm -hmm. So I, I looked at the, the assessment of cows causing all of this pollution. And I came across this um, CBC, of course, I think that's Canadian, right? Um, they, they're talking about, do cows produce more methane than rotting grass? And this is from 2019. So it's a little bit before all of this um, current madness, I suppose. Mm. And it said, we went to Christine Bayes, associate professor in Department of Animal Bioscience at the University of Gulf. I don't know quite what that university is and how to pronounce it, but a university. Um, she said, it's important to note that methane is not released by the cows themselves, but the bacteria in their gut. Similar bacteria also exist in the environment and produce methane in wetlands, rice fields, and landfills. The actual amount of methane released from a single blade of grass wouldn't change if it was just left to decompose or if it was eaten by a cow and then digested by the bacteria in their gut. The only difference is that the methane would be released more quickly by a cow or other ruminants, um, animals that acquire nutrients from plant-based foods, I mean, yes, most people know what a ruminant is. I don't know why they felt the need to define it. Um, but it says, the amount of methane that different bacteria release, whether it's a cow's gut or in the field, is still unknown at this point, but is an area of ongoing research. So 
despite the fact that they've got two juxtaposing things right next to each other, this is interesting because they're saying, yeah, the, the release of methane comes from the grass itself. It's not the cow. I mean, the cow eats the grass, but the grass would do that anyway, according to, to this uh, lady. So Ireland isn't even really solving the problem that it thinks it is anyway. Well, yes. The thing is that carbon emissions, even if you're looking at it from the eco framework, which I reject, um, it there is a natural carbon cycle that exists already. And it's also worth mentioning as well, there used to be a lot more animals in, in the British Isles before um, human beings became so widespread. So I think actually it equates about equal levels of, you know, grazing animals um, in domestic farming that would have been here ordinarily. So all we've done is just replace the things that we've hunted either to extinction or um, have become more rare. So it's not even like the amount of living things in the Isles has changed. It, 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 it's just some sort of ridiculous arbitrary notion that, oh, we're going to reduce carbon by just killing animals. I mean, why not just extend it even further? Why not just start killing people? I mean, <laughs> if you need any indication that the people in charge of the West right now are just incompetent yet evil, mm -hmm. I mean, just them deciding all of a sudden, well, why don't we just murder all the cows for no reason? It's, it's just petty tyranny, isn't it? I think, I think it, if anything, it's getting beyond petty, isn't it? It's, I think it's, it's getting I think insidious. It's malicious. Yeah, and it can be malicious as well because... Let's not um, beat around the bush here. Farmers tend to be more right-wing than, than you know, city dwellers. And city dwellers resent that because they can't get this, this tiny little insect city-dwelling mind around the fact that, yeah, people disagree with them and have good reason to do so because they can't think out of outside of their own life and in their own little weird well, A farmer will be rooted mind. to the land. In all likelihood, he will have inherited the farm for, mm -hmm. uh, for generations. That farm will have been passed down through his line. And that will create an attitude. Uh, also, the sorts of communities that farmers tend to live in are much more local, much more provincial. Everybody knows each other. Everybody Rural will areas on are just the better. They yes. are much nicer. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think... There is just an aspect of the city dweller, as you say. It's not even just that they can't wrap their mind around it. It's they are actively disdainful mm -hmm. of that kind of lifestyle. They look down upon them as like simpletons and uncivilized and stuff like that, when actually it's the other way around. That if you live in a city, you're probably some sort of inhuman barbarian. <laughs> that I, I live in a city, by the way, so I am a massive hypocrite. But not willingly. I mean, I have to, I have to live here to work, but... <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Which is part of the reason I'm so angry the about end, it. The end of this video is going to come across like such a cry for help. Yeah, please help me. Um, <laughs> no. Um, send chocolate. <laughs> the um, Or steak. Yeah, send steak. But um, the main point here is that, yes, of course, lots of stupid things are being done in the name of the climate that shouldn't be. And I wanted to draw attention to this because it is absolutely insane. It's just flat out animal genocide and I'm not being hyperbolic that is what it is and it definitely shouldn't happen and hopefully the Irish um, have it in them to reject this which I think they probably will but nevertheless the fact this was even suggested in the first place is a worrying sign of our future to come.
If you appreciated that segment from the podcast of the Lotus Eaters, you can go to lotuseaters.com to get access to all the premium content that's on the site, such as the premium videos we do, this one on why liberalism is a universal asset. If you'd like to find out what else is being put out, you can follow on Getter at lotuseaters underscore com on Getter. Thank you and goodbye.